0: wake up one day and say god you know what i want to do i'm really bored with life i I really (laughs) just want to go to another country be treated like crap never see the people i love again potentially never see them again maybe die on the way there potentially die on the way there you know do you think anyone in their right mind wait and and seeks this because sometimes the anger is so potent that i feel like we think that we do this for pleasure or that this is um Like, we're just bored with life and we want to really annoy you.
1: You know, going back to that, um, the idea of of trauma not being, like, talked about in your community or um, acknowledged as trauma, when did you figure that out for yourself? Like, how did, did you, is that something you do think about when you think about, like, now Um, and how did you get there therapy i
0: didn't i did not think that me coming to this country undocumented at nine years old and the experiences that came from that and experiences that led up to that were traumatic i didn't think of i didn't even know to me if anyone ever asked me like if i ever went to trauma like i think right away like i don't know seeing someone die in front of you or you know you know, like, re- like, again, just things that I don't, I didn't even, until the therapist talked me through it. And it's like, oh, you know, like, and even just finding the route to a lot of my anxiety is entrenched in my experiences as an undocumented person. But I, and it's so in front of you, it's like right here, right? So you can't see it. It's, oh, it's right here all the time in front of you. So you're always like, yeah, I'm fine. Everything's fine, you know? And then someone pulls it back and you're like, oh that's what's been happening um I didn't have the language for it too that's the other thing like you don't grow up with the language for it um my sister when she was very young five six had a full-on blown blown out panic attack and the doctor this happened while we were driving to the nearest clinic because we thought she was having a heart attack but didn't make sense because she was five years old you know and the doctor did all like we like it was a clinic, a community clinic, but we treated her like it was the ER because we thought she was dying on us. She couldn't breathe. She, she all of a sudden like could not breathe, could not breathe. And then the doctor took all her vitals. Everything was fine. And then pulled my dad and I aside. And my sister is 10 years younger than me. So I was old enough to, to hear this from the doctor. And was like, uh, she just experienced an, an anxiety attack and blah, 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 blah. And my dad and I were just like, what is that? I don't get it. Okay. And then, so that was even the first time we even heard of that. And then, and then, and, and finding out that it was nothing physical, we're like, oh, okay, so we just have to be really nice to her, buy her ice cream, hug her and tell her everything's oh. going to be right. And then we move on. But that's the only, but no, that's not what we should have done. But we, we don't have, when you don't have the language for it, you don't have the ca- capability. I had panic attacks. I passed out from a panic attack once, and I didn't know that that's what it was, you know? So it's just insane that we just, You just deal with it. You survive it. You do what you do with everything that's in front of you. It's a challenge. It just needs to be overcome. That's it. And you keep going. And you don't realize that that's just keeps getting bigger until, and I don't want that to happen to my people. I don't want it to get to a point where they can't handle it. You know, there's already so much that it's really hard to handle. I don't, I don't want it. I don't want that to be the norm to be like, it's so big. Then that's, that's when you address it when it's already like bigger than you ever thought it could be so well, yeah and it, therapy
2: <laughs> <laughs> it seems like you had to deal with um like this is when you weren't telling anybody that you're an undocumented where it's like this is who I am this is who I really am and it's like living the two different lives on top of all of that trauma mm-hmm. and on top of like that's right. gotta be super confusing <laughs> Yeah, it was definitely,
0: parents were very, very, and I get why they were uh, cautious about everything. So even at a young age, we were told like, don't tell anyone your status. Like don't tell anyone because again, family separation is a big fear in my community because it happens to a lot of us where the parents get deported and the kids stay here and they can't figure out. And then, you know, my dad would be like, we might, I don't like, it was his biggest fear to lose his children, you know? and so he was like, Don't don't tell anyone you're undocumented, blah 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 blah. But again, in an in, in doing that and being very frank about the whole situation at an age where I didn't understand what was happening was very it created a lot of confusion. And then as I got older, yeah, it's a lot of um, you know, don't don't tell anyone, don't tell anyone. And so keeping my facade of like, damn, and like my all my friends getting their licenses at 16 and they're like, Oh my god, where's your reasons I'm like oh you know cars scare me and just coming up with dumb reasons you know and like oh you know and like people doing oh I'm gonna go to uh you know to Europe for the summer or whatever I don't know or I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that like my school trip my French class went to Paris for a summer or for like spring break and they were like oh my god you're doing so well in French like you should come Why are not you coming and I'm like oh, you know, you know, and like always oh, just being very flippant about it because like the reality was so different. And, and again, you right. Creates this association when you are create these two identities when, when she talks about the, the um, I think it was Francisco who was in the church who was, um, you know, hiding out in the, the church while, you know, they were, you know, when ice was basically ready to deport him or whatever. And and uh, the kids, the this association that the kids were dealing with. I was like, "Oh my God, that is, it's, it's, yeah, it's." <laughs> it's there's so much to it. There's so many layers to it. Um, that again, I, I that I haven't even uncovered all of them. Um, I'm still working through them. But I first became aware of them through therapy.
2: You know, like I wonder if if I was in that position, if I would just lie to my kid and not even tell them that they were undocumented like I don't know and see here's here's the thing
0: I was gonna say that that's so interesting you said that um and then there's kids who don't find out until they're 16 when they do go to the DMV and try to get a license Mm -hmm. and that but that's a huge load of trauma too I I knew someone personally who 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 actually wrote a whole web series about it it's called Annie Undocumented I don't know if it's online Mm -hmm. or not but um and she uh series, seriously you wrote it she's fantastic and um because that's what happened to her she was like living her normal American teenage life and was like oh it's time for me to get a license and it's like no you can't and there's a downfall from that too though right like so there's no yeah. and I get it our parents are just doing the best that they can and I don't that's know the less I, would,
2: evil. I don't know
0: I don't know either <laughs> I don't know either I don't know the answer I mean. because
1: no, Could you? I think you can still pick up on the general anxiety, you yeah, know, and then right. you probably would have that weird effect of, I know something's wrong, but I can't figure out what it is. Yeah, you
0: know? so it's yeah. Like even
1: worse in in some. And aspect. kids are
0: perceptive. Yeah, so yeah. kids are perceptive, it. very perceptive. I think I was way more perceptive when I was younger than I am now. <laughs> like I picked up on things way more keenly than I do now. Now I'm like, huh, what? But um, I I don't. I don't know how, I don't know what's the right way. And that's the thing. Yeah, it's like yeah. figuring out, like, if I was in my parents and the therapy has helped me see that too. It's like, if I was in my parents' shoes, I, I know it even through all the things that I'm like, oh, my parents did this or that, whatever. It's like, no, every turn and everything that they did was to make, like, they were just working with what they had and they were doing their best, mm-hmm. doing their best at all times. So, you know. Um, understanding that too and, and working through that because I know there's a lot of love for our parents but I know that there can be some resentment and I'm just being very honest um, and working through that too of what that means um, because I don't know what I would have done I really don't I don't I don't know if I could my parents were in their 40s when they picked up and left everything they knew so I don't know if I can't even think of that now I'm I'm like what how would I how would I just do that like how do you just like things have to be really bad for you to say buy everything I know and everything I love I have to go look for something better and it's not even for yourself you are going very well aware that it's not going to be better for you it's just so that it can be better for your kids like to me that's like I don't understand why don't they don't give they should give medals to every immigrant opinion like as they cross border or come from, you know, flight, whatever, whatever they do, the way they come in um, through sea, through land, uh, air. I just I just think it's, it's the most selfless act of bravery to say for oh, the next few years, or maybe the rest of my life that I have left in this life are gonna be hell, but it's all so that my kids can never experience what I went through or will never know that kind of pain. Like yeah. that's...
2: I don't know if I could do that, <laughs> I'll be honest, I don't know. But then that's got to be hard as being the kid, you have that then on your shoulders yeah. and then also I with the that. expectation of you're supposed to then take care of your parents yeah. um, and it's like I already go to therapy, I'm not, I haven't lived <laughs> up to my parents' expectations, it's nothing near that, you know. <laughs> And also, I just
1: imagine that the reality of America, you know, I mean, pre-internet or like now, I, I guess things are a little bit different, but I just imagine mm-hmm. people's perception if they've never come to America, or gone, I'm not in America right now, so like, <laughs> they've never gone to America, you know, and their circumstances are dire, but the reality of what it's like to live in America, I'm sure, is not at all what they were expecting. I mean, inevitably Mm -hmm. um also I just kind of want to ask you about your parents and how they feel about that but one thing that struck me about the book Mm was she did talk about how so many people in that book still wanted their bodies to be sent back to their country yes even though they had lived in America Mm -hmm. for decades you know and Mm -hmm. so that's kind of and I think to me, that's also the other thing about the word dreamers and the American mm-hmm. dream, you know, like yeah. dismantling that idea of the American dream. But, but for you and your parents, I mean, like, do you talk to your parents about that and about their expectations and how do they feel?
0: About what to do when they die specifically? Well, no,
1: just more in terms of like, how do they feel about it? You said they're from Mexico? hmm Like, how do they feel about Mexico versus how do they feel about America? Like, how do they feel about their identity? Mm.
0: Um, You know, I think it's a very complicated question. Um, It's interesting. I, I know. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. I don't know if I can fully answer for them because we have, I can only have snippets of conversations of us even going into that topic because it is hard to talk about you know to to and to again it's one of those conversations where you have to be very vulnerable and part of sort of the conversation around mental health right it's about vulnerability and you're already going through so much on a day-to-day basis where you have to keep your walls up to get through the day but it is hard to then just sort of like put them down to talk about anything that is difficult to talk about so I can't specifically say that I have the the Perfect answer of what both the think about it, but I just from seeing them navigate all of this and and it's 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 really complicated. I mean, I know that they are very grateful for what this country has done for both my sister and I and the opportunities that both her and I have and the things that we have been able to accomplish here, um, but I know that they also, I don't know, my dad specifically, I think my mom has just gotten more used to like wherever her family is, like her daughter, her her daughters and, and her husband, like she, she's like, she makes the best of it. She gets used to it. She's becomes, she's a person of habit. Like once, you know, you establish what the, you know, routine is, she, okay, cool. We're good to go. Um, but um, I know my dad struggles more with with, you know, not having seen his family in many, many in decades, you know, and, and the thing you struggle with, my mom just doesn't talk to me about um, as much about her feelings. So maybe she doesn't feel this way, but she just hasn't shared it with me, you know, Mm -hmm. but I know like with my dad, we've talked about, you know, how hard it is to lose people you love and not to be able to be there, you know, and like, that's like a really, really, I know like the hardest hit for him was when his mother passed away and, and not being there for any of it, leading up to it funeral anything and to this day still not having gone to her grave to to pay his love and respects and so there's things like that where it's it definitely uh messes with your identity because it messes with your heart (laughs) so your emotions like what it means to a good son to be a good brother to be but then you you kind of put those roles you sort of diminish those roles to be a good father right so I know that it's it's like yes I'm a great father in this respect but oh my god I've been a terrible son so I know that's those are things that he he is you know untangling and dealing with and and um I know there's a lot of guilt around it I think either way you kind of can't escape the guilt and I think that's part of what's really hard about sort of living this life that there's unfortunately there's there's a consequence to everything obviously and so there's ramifications whichever way you decide to move forward so and and you know i know it it is hard to you know my dad has definitely faced discrimination and been talked to certain ways and so that's dehumanizing to deal with to like no i'm at i'm i'm a good person and and to this day he'll still have me be like can you call because I have an accent and sometimes people get an attitude when I have an accent like can you call like can you you know he still feels like he can never my dad is speaks English very well like he reads a lot he's very smart man so like he even has vocabulary sometimes that I'm like I know a lot of Americans don't and I'm like dad no you speak English very well you're a well-read man and he's like but I have an accent so no you know So like, no, who cares about the accent, but he's like, you know, I, it's, it's, I can't even get him to understand that he speaks, he, to this day thinks he speaks English. Okay. Because of his accent, but his grammar, vocabulary is like incredible and his diction's great, but he has an accent. So to him, it's like, no, it's all, it's terrible, you know? So, and again, it comes from having been treated a certain way by, you know, different people because of his accent. It's like not not I don't know it's 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 complicated but yeah you're right there's the, the and again I want, I want my parents to get to go to therapy so that's another thing that I'm trying to go <laughs> I was
2: through. like you're making this a real good case department. for mm-hmm. him yeah. <laughs> like dealing with closure dealing with all of these other things there's yeah. so much and Those that's the like, thing it's like how do you
0: convince your parents but yeah
1: I mean Carla did it I'm saying her name yeah is. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. She right. managed to convince her parents. I yeah, was
0: really I, I've, I've, I've made some strides and I think I'm pretty close. I think I can convince my dad. My mom, I don't know. Again, I said creature of habit. Like therapy is not part of her rituals. So she's like, why would I do that? So, well, but my dad, I think I can convince.
2: Yeah. And I wonder if there's something like with you, was there something about becoming a resident that then? Been- allowed you to relax and not to be open to therapy because it's one oh, less pressure? Question.
0: That is a great question. Um, I never thought of that. I, the reason why I did go to therapy is because I had a little bit of a, I don't even know what to call it, a breakdown. I don't know what, what the proper terms are for it, but I just, um, I, I, it was just really bad (laughs) to the point my sister had to come with me and be with me for a few days because I was I was not mentally well like should not be left alone just not well um and and maybe you're right and again I I was able to find a place that was sliding scale that's another reason why I was able to do it because I couldn't afford it I couldn't I can't afford the regular price of a therapist that's that's no (laughs)
1: um what no even as a resident
0: It's really hard. It's really, I think the okay. sliding scale, thank God for sliding because that's that's yeah. Um, so things had to get really bad, but you're right. Maybe maybe if if I was still undocumented or, or DACA, uh, I might have been like, even if when it got really bad, maybe I would have been like, oh, you know what? i just figure it out. It's it's fine. It's fine. I'll deal with it later. <laughs> you know, because that's it's more important that I get through this day as a documented person or as a DACA person than than not. So I hadn't thought about it, but I'm sure it, it influenced. I'm sure it 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 helped. You know, in some way. So
2: and yeah. like I can I can imagine that it's another person that you're supposed to be vulnerable with, but it's somebody that you if you're undocumented would be afraid would turn you in.
0: And that's a great, so the therapist that I'm working with right now, bilingual therapist, it's one of the things that she um, addressed even in this webinar that she's like, and I mm-hmm. understand, and that's a lot of the ambivalence the community has towards therapists is because like, you again, we have lived a life of keeping our walls up so high mm-hmm. to protect ourselves, to get day, to, to just survive, that it's really, really hard to just all of a sudden bring him down with and and again specifically to someone that you think is an authority. That is the last person you're gonna open up to. So that's a great point you brought up because that is one of the things that she brought up. And then speaking to her, she told me about that. And I was like, oh yeah, you're right. Like had I been undocumented when I went to therapy, I don't know if I would have been so open so open about my feelings and been able to have the breakthroughs that I did. You're right. Because you're scared. You're still looking over your shoulder. Like, all the time and so um that is definitely another and again it's like another one of like the things to tackle within within talking about mental health it's like telling someone and she's she's very like you know in this webinar she's like you know we we don't we can't disclose any information to anyone unless obviously we think you're going to harm yourself or harm someone else but other than that like we can't we legally can't talk about what you tell us in therapy so but really having people understand that, I get it, it's hard because it's like, that's been the way you've survived. It's worked for you. Like evidence shows that this has worked for you to keep your walls up and not tell anyone to anything has worked. So why the heck would you all of a sudden be like, okay, it's cool, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's another obstacle to all of this conversation and everything, you know, around it.
1: So I, have an, I had a question while we were talking before that um, I'm curious about like in terms of have you now since you've gotten residency traveled and have you been back to Mexico
0: yeah I have actually yeah I I traveled as soon as I was able to <laughs> uh and my first the first person in my docket is my uh one living grand have left um was to see her that was like my first thing it's like gotta go see her oh, so that was I was, it was weird. I was, I, you know, I left, it was basically a 20 year difference that I had. And it's interesting because I didn't get to go back. So I was born in a city, uh, it's called Cihuatanejo. Um, and then, but I don't have any family there. So I didn't go back to where I was, which I was on my bucket list. Um, of, I did, I, it's so weird because like to still have dreams about, it almost feels like a past life, you know, because it's, it's like all these blurry memories of this place that i've yet to come back to um went to uh cities where i have family which is not where i was raised because my parents lived somewhere and then they just would travel to see their parents and and their you know brothers and sisters so um i saw my grandma and i saw you know aunts and uncles and everything and um oh, i was just really weird to be back and i actually ended up having a little bit of a weird little yeah I'm very sensitive so I I don't want to call it a breakdown but just like a little crying realization um I, it just it hit me that as seeing it was just if I was like this is what my life could have been I, I I was confronted with like what my life could have been what my parents left behind and and there were good things about what my life could have been and there were things that were not so good about what my life could have been and so like dealing with all of that and actually I had just started therapy a few weeks before going to Mexico so which was kind of good I think that I had started and then when I came back um I got to keep going with my with therapy so I think it was therapy kind of fit in perfectly in in that journey um a lot of emotions like a lot of lot a lot of emotions on my aunts seeing me and they're like one of my aunts Like the first time, it was just a lot of tears because, like, a lot. My parents haven't been back in a long time, obviously. So one of my aunts, like, the moment she hugged me, was like I feel like I'm hugging my sister right now. And so it was just like a lot of very huge emotional roller coasters of of being a again, like, you're a representation of your family, right? You're you're an advocate in this country as a as a kid of, of an immigrant. You're an advocate for your parents, right? The way she talks about like how in the book, you know, she she is an has been an advocate for her parents the way she called that restaurant up when her dad was being mistreated and pretended to be a british you know or she said posh i'm sorry so i don't know if that necessarily british accent but uh, <laughs> you know but like the, the way you you are and and i mean her dad was not happy with it but it's you know you're always in a way you're a representative for your parents wherever you go whether it's here and defending them and 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 translating for them or whether it's you are finally the person that can go see their family because really you didn't grow up it's weird to meet people that look like you that you've never met before in your life it's Um. like what oh yeah no I know I'm related to you (laughs) I don't know you I don't know anything about you it's strange to be like oh that person's your cousin that person's your cousin and um and then people that you do remember vaguely being like oh yeah Wow. OK. It's a, it was a roller coaster. It's a roller coaster. Yeah. When did you make that trip? Uh, to uh, 2017. So Were, yeah. was
2: there any like? Oh, yeah. Because uh, that was under the Trump presidency. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was there mm-hmm. any feeling of anxiety that something he would make a new rule, a new law? Um, anything that would change that would you wouldn't be able to come back
0: um not necessarily about Trump but I was very nervous when I was coming back uh LAX you know they have the um immigration or customs or I don't know what it's called like when you're coming back and and you have to show all your paperwork yeah Yeah. oh my god I was nervous because I was like you're just so used to it's just there's there's like thinking out of your mind of how government work and like the the distrust like you were saying to government and the distrust to authority and the distrust you know so like it was very in coming back I, I I knew I was fine I was with my husband um and so I was like, I know I'm fine. Like I have proof, like that person married me and that's why I have this, you know? <laughs> but it still was really nerve wracking to just be like, okay, all right, all right. They could deny me, they could deny me. Like it's, and I, I've traveled three times since and it still feels like they might, maybe once I'm finally a citizen, I won't feel like that. But as a resident, I still feel like, and I think, it, and I know that there's nothing wrong with it. Like I know my stuff is legit but you still have like that little thing in the back of your head that it's like i mean it's this real though
1: <laughs> i don't know because so, um, i was um, detained in uh fort lauderdale because oh, wow they couldn't understand my my green card because i have a green card stamp right now and i don't have the physical green card so like oh a lot of times i feel like because the bureaucracy is so complicated and there's mm-hmm. so many codes they don't yeah. even know their own job so sometimes they'll <laughs> like put you in it. I've been put in the rooms and I've like heard other people like saying this is the process this happens every time and it's like I missed mm-hmm. my flight because of it and they didn't have anything to ask me they just didn't understand the code like oh literally so I, not to scare you more but <laughs> I'm like, like, and you know a what again
0: <laughs> you're bringing up memories the other reason i was scared is because my friend who uh, one of my friends i grew up with who was basically we're in the same trajectory we both um were undocumented uh growing up and then it was like the one friend i could tell that we were and i found her later in my life i was like where were you earlier so uh and then she, she was probably uh, hiding too though she was hiding so i didn't know <laughs> we were both in our little rocks like oh look at us um and then she became DACA the same time as I did, and then she also met someone she fell in love with, who was a citizen. And so anyway, so we both follow the trajectory. So she, but she got married a couple years before me, so she got to go to Mexico a couple years before me, and she got detained, she got um, questioned, and I can't remember what the issue was, but she was put in a room for hours and questioned, and she said it was so traumatic, it was so scary because she was like, I. I've done everything the right way you know I've I played by your rules what did I do wrong now you know and um, and I believe she was I'd have to ask her if she was with her wife or not but you know again it's it's still I've, I've done it I have the paperwork like I paid the money I paid the toll I paid the200 dollars can I just go you know um, and uh, not two hundred dollars um thinking Monopoly money, but anyway, yeah, so, she's uh, <laughs> Monopoly. yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, that's not what I meant by it. that does not cost
1: $200. Uh, <laughs> no
0: I wish. Um, so, um, so yeah, you know, it's, 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 I, I remember having that in the back of my head too, where I was like, okay, if this happens, like, again, you always are mentally preparing yourself for the future, which again, is also the root of my anxiety, which I'm always like, having to kind of have an idea of what the future is going to be so you can have like a plan a plan b plan c D, you know so it doesn't take you by surprise so it doesn't knock you off your feet so it doesn't again a survival mechanism you know so i was like okay if this happens like who do i i have a lawyer's number already ready to go you know so it's it's the it doesn't go away right away <laughs> the fear
1: and the I, mean, I think <laughs> it was funny like in the book in the beginning of the book she talks about how Trump won and her friends were like wanting to hide her and she was like she said um who am I Anne Frank like what's going on? Like, yeah you know and yeah. I thought it was kind of funny <laughs> yeah. because you know yeah. she like goes through the book you realize like all the trauma happened before Trump you know but it's almost like people registered yeah. only when Trump came into office the vulnerability right. um I
0: mean he heightened fears for us I will yeah. definitely attest to that he
1: inspired it right or he because it was the yep. entire thing inspired yeah. it um yeah.
0: yeah I know I was DACA when he became when he was um came into office so I was shaking in my boots <laughs> so yeah I I can attest to it. it's one of the reasons you know my husband and I were like you know what well, let's just do this and we had already been in a relationship when you wanted to get married but it was we sped everything up because of that because of Trump mm-hmm. so um, because he, he said, I'm going to get rid of DACA and both our parents, our sets of parents were like, you guys, this guy means business. Like, that's not, let's not wait and see if it happens. Let's just assume it's going to happen. And it did. He did. So, um, it's, um, and I was lucky enough to be in a relationship with someone that I love that I knew I wanted to marry and you wanted to marry me, but like, that's not, that was just, that was just luck, you know? So, to me, it was like, yeah, I got lucky. And again, the survivor skills, right? Like, I just ha- happened to be lucky that I had that in my life, but easily could not have had it and easily could have just been going through this DACA roller coaster that I know many are going through, you know?
1: So, what's the status um, of DACA now?
0: Um, it's back, thankfully, because of uh, Joe Biden um, coming back into office. And I know it's one of the things he took care of um, when he started. So, I know it's back. And I'm, and that's the other thing. It's that I know, you know, so I'm pretty sure I hope he, because that's one of the things that he, I think, disallowed it. And I, I'm not sure I have to look it up if the court um, sort of was like, no, you can't do that. So I don't know for how long he, he was an executive order though. So that's why he technically was able to say, I'm the president now. So I'm getting rid of this executive order. Um, and I know that people were obviously all the organizations, nonprofits, and, and uh, were f- fighting him on it and, and human rights uh, organizations. But, because um, it, it was a two year, so every two years you applied. And I know that it went down to one year, but I'm not hundred percent sure if that's because of the Trump administration where basically he tried to get rid of it. He wasn't able to get rid of it. And I think we went back down to one year, which again, it's around, when I when I was doing it, and I'm sure the price might've gone up, it was around $700. And I just remember how hard I had to work to come up with 700 and something dollars. Now imagine if you cut, by, cut that by a year. So you had at least two, and it comes up on you fast. Two years come up fast in terms of money too, because you're, again, you're surviving. You help, and then you you have a little bit of a platform. So you're helping your parents, right? So you have a little bit of leverage So you are helping your parents because they're getting older and you're, you're able to have a little bit of stability. So you're like, I'm going to help my parents. I'm going to help my parents. The uh, two years comes up fast. So to, to knock it down to one year is brutal, brutal. So it actually, a lot of kids that are uh, eligible, a lot of the times don't apply because it's the money. (laughs) So that's one way to, to, to knock people out of it because now you have that money every and, and again, you coming, it's really less than a year because it expires in a year, but you have to apply for it within um, like three before it expires, something like that. Yeah, um, and they so take
1: so it's... long to do that stuff. Like I know my green card has been postponed like three years because they still oh, haven't gotten through the backlog. So that's why mine is still pending. So I can't even right. imagine if you're adding on these other, mm. you know, arbitrary um, deadlines Right. Well, probably why they're again,
0: all up. Yeah, oh my god, I know. Yeah, I went through that too. Um, where it was like I got a letter saying like we're really backed up, and so here's a letter saying that you're good for six months after it expires because we don't have we don't have <laughs> answers for you yet. I was like, Okay, cool. That's one of the times that I traveled that I was like, Oh my god, please God. <laughs> but um, so yeah, I, I I have to actually I wanna say that Biden like it's reinstituted it and it's a two year it's back to two years i have to double check though because i know at one point it was one year which is not it's still one year is brutal it's brutal because you you're barely you barely just paid and then even like the dmv renewal feels like you know, like something as small as that, I'm always like, "Oh, I have to pay this again, <laughs> taxes." You know, "Oh man, it's taxes again." But so you're and you're already doing all of that. You're already paying all of that stuff too. So and and again, it's less than a year really, because you, like I said, you have to apply before it expires.
2: So honestly, probably it's like nine months really. So yeah, it's like in undocumented American. She talks about being in New York. Like I've lived in New York eleven. Los Angeles now and I Mm -hmm. like I have issues making ends meet that I can't I can't even imagine and also taking care of a family and then having to get like I don't have that extra 700 like mm -mm. right
0: right and that's like I've remember uh reading somewhere that you know, the average American, not the average American, I shouldn't say that, uh, but it's like the people, you know, the working poor, right, um, we don't have, like, even, like, usually don't have even $500, like, a $500 emergency, basically, you don't have, you, I not that even,
1: I don't think that's working poor, I think that's a huge percentage of Americans, like,
0: Well, then, yeah. (laughs) Right, it's like everyone right now
2: probably, Uh, except for like I mean, yeah. I remember in New York, like I was trying to apply for the um, eighty twenty housing, and I Mm -hmm. fit in the homeless category. I wasn't even low income, like how much I made per year, and I was like, "Huh, okay, wow, cool, 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 cool." So I just I it. That just seems amazing that people are making it work being undocumented there. Cause I
0: I I don't know how. I agree. I agree. My parents were not undocumented in a big city, so I can't speak to that. But I yeah, I don't know. I I think people are magicians. (laughs) I don't know. It's like I just I just don't get it. It's like it doesn't um make sense. And I did live in LA as an undocumented person. Um But again, it was just me. I wasn't taking care of a family.
1: So so where where do your parents live? Like which?
0: They're in Northern California. So it's definitely, yeah. So it's definitely like um, not as... I mean, they're not in San Francisco, so that's a good thing. <laughs> uh, so, you know, yeah, the San Francisco is insane, but it is a sanctuary city, so that's really good. But um, and my dad, you know, does work in San Francisco a lot, so that makes me feel a little, a little better. But because um, yeah, that's another thing you're always thinking about is deportation and been jobs that have had ice rates before, and so it's it's, it's very nerve wracking, you know. Um, and that's the other thing too. It's like my, oh, can you see me? I feel like mm-hmm. my internet. Okay. My no, internet said it was unstable. I hate when it tells me it's unstable. It's like, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but um, yeah. Um, and even like that's, and again, it's speaking um, because she was talking about her brother in the book. You know, her brother Yay. is a citizen. Mm-hmm. And I really, I think that's a whole nother conversation I mean, you know she only brought him up a few times and, and how she felt like you know you are the citizen so you better make <laughs> sure that you bring us through because i'm not going to be the only one who's going to do this and i never had that conversation with my sister um but i'm like i was thinking and i'm glad she said like i apologize too. i was like good because that's a lot of that's all and i get her frustration i 100 get it um but i think that's another thing. Like I I actually uh was listening to Diane Guerrero. She has a podcast about mental health. Um Diane Guerrero, she's an actress and right. uh she was in Orange is the New Black. Yeah.
2: And she actually had her
0: story. Yeah, yeah. She actually had uh Carla on her podcast. And so I listened huh. to that episode. And um and she's talking about know, mental health in and in, in the you know Latinx community and in our community in, at large. And you know, um, you know, she, uh, Diane Guerrero, her story is uh, her, she's a citizen and her parents when she was 14 and basically was left was separated from her family and just the repercussions of that and her mental health. And it's just, her story is incredible and, and how she has overcome that. And I just think about that too. It like all the kids, all the citizen kids of these undocumented um, immigrants, uh, Americans, you know, the, the fact that There is also a lot of trauma that even though I know, and I know just from my sister's experience, and again, she can speak to it uh, obviously way more than I can, but just in my perception of how she's dealt with this, like I know that even though she wasn't undocumented, her mentality was still that of an undocumented person. Meaning she was still had the fears of her parents being taken from her. She still was living under the poverty line. She still was, you know, having to lie about things about her parents and about her sister, you know? So she still had to, to have that mentality to survive, it, to have the privilege of having her family be, be with her, right? You still have to, to live your life a certain way. And so there's also trauma attached to that, even if you are not, even if she's a her as a citizen and there's I'm sure guilt attached to that of her being able to be the first one in the family that can actually get a license. Uh, you know and what that feels like and and uh, w- only one in our family that can actually she went to Mexico when she was 16 and she said that cha- that trip changed her life because she was like it's really young and I think we should have prepared her mentally for it because she dealt with a lot of things that she didn't even know about her family them parents never tell us I found out things about her family through her telling me things that you know and so it's just It's and it's again being that representative for your parents, but for her it's to a heightened extent because she's a citizen and she has, you know, what we consider privileges, and so she has to, you know, and the thing is, you know, she she's had to be sort of like when she became she was 18, being like the person that goes down on the paperwork, you know, she's 18 Mm. now and she's a citizen and they can't take it from her, they can take it from my parents, but not from her, you know, but that responsibility is a burden and that that carries, there's a weight to that, that um, I can't speak to. And so I know that there's a lot of kids like that, that I think, again, this this, uh, affects all of us in different ways, but we're not talking about it. So it's just gonna keep doing that, (laughs) you know, so.
1: But do you talk to her about that?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, her and I are very close. Um, She's my best friend. And again, I think that's also just, I think we're lucky. I know the siblings that aren't that close, but that's not the case, you know, but her and I thankfully are very close. And so we can talk about all of this stuff. We talk about mental health. We talk about, you know, our family in various ways and, and her trip to Mexico, like she came back to me. And so her and I, she was decompressed with me before going back to my parents, you know? Um, so it's just, you know, but again, I know not everyone has that in their lives. So that's,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. so, you know, it's, it's just, it, it encompasses so many areas in people's lives, you know, and that we don't even, and that there's ways that I know, I don't know about because I've not lived, So I can only, I'm, I'm learning too, as I go along, how, how, how the system is sort of um, affects all of us, you know?
1: But is there any, so your parents right now, Is there any path to citizenship for them?
0: No, no, there isn't at the moment. Um, We thought there was because of uh, my sister turning 21, but then we hit a roadblock with um, something else in their profile. So um, at the moment, no. So right now at the moment, it's, we're praying that, um, I don't want to say we're praying because I'm a little jaded about all of that that, you know, Biden, he said he was going to, you know, have a, you know, whatchamacallit, uh, sorry, I'm so stupid, whatchamacallit, yeah, yeah, like, a, you know, a, immigration reform within the first 100 days.
1: Oh,
0: okay. I think it's been already 100, I'm not nearing to it. And, and it's hard, because it's like, obviously, obviously, you, you want to have a little speck of hope just to keep you going through the, but um, I had not, I don't know. It'd be nice. I'd like to be surprised. I'd like to really be surprised, but I don't want to be um, dependent on that because then that's, I've learned, (laughs) we've all learned the hard way that that's not a good idea. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, hopefully something does happen, but it was, when I was sort of trying to do some research, I was trying to see, like you're saying, the differences between Trump and Biden and Obama. Mm
2: -hmm. I
1: couldn't really, find anything just yet i mean he's reopening the child detention centers so i know yeah.
2: right
0: which i don't uh, that's that's not even a word that should exist <laughs> childhood detention center like what that doesn't That. um but yeah i mean and, and i will say though trump did hold up his word and he was true to his word about dismantling daca so i that i would note that that's a huge difference that's a difference you know? yeah yeah um, and also I do I
1: think that... there's like a huge thing about the separation at the borders thing the
0: children yeah.
1: that was the but I'm not I ju- I'm just not clear what the difference is if there's child detention centers well
0: what he did specifically Trump is that he created the again like so separating children from their parents and he did that as a way to deter from people coming here Um, So because they would think, oh, well, they're going to take my child away from me. So now I'm not going to immigrate to the United States. But you don't understand if you're escaping. You're running away from death. You're going to take the chance, you know, and that's a terrible situation to be in, to say it's either death or hunger or famine, which is the same thing, um, or Maybe not making it because. And again, I I think it's what a terrible situation. Like if someone is willing to risk being separated from their child, that only speaks to what they're running away from. So
1: I mean, they're also
0: just incredibly inhumane.
1: They're also the the expectation probably in their minds is also they're risking death. I mean, also to to um. I don't know go through coyotes or you know like yeah well yeah. it's not like the most safest way to, to none of it enter. is safe <laughs> so it's no. like that is not a deterrent like it doesn't make sense as one like you know you're right. already risking your whole lives so all it's right. just
2: it's
1: a little bit of a bizarre one but yeah. yeah
0: there's a documentary on netflix about um the immigration system and i'll be honest i wasn't able to get through all of it because it was really hard to watch <laughs> I just was like I had it was I was crying too much through it <laughs> that I just was like oh, I can't uh, so I knew it's still on my list because I should uh watch everything that has to be mentioned. um but um and it's I believe it was filmed during the Trump era so you get to see the separate like the actual you know how it's happening and it's it's monstrous. I don't know how people who worked at these agencies did it. I, I just don't understand. I would quit. I don't care how much money, you know, just seeing you're literally tearing child apart from, and it's, I mean, imagine like, and I'm just thinking of all the kids who have been through this, like talk about the mental health, talk about the trauma. Like that is, I don't even, it feels insurmountable to get through. And the, but the kids that are still in the system that are too young, ID their parents to eat you know and the parents who can't it's it's I it's 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 a violation against human rights in in such like a disastrous monstrous way that I don't I don't know how I don't know how we can ever recover from having done that as a country personally and not having I think
1: what worries me about this whole thing is like yes I think it was it was monstrous but I think this idea of like Oh, but it was just trump you know like that kind of worries yeah. me like this idea of like oh there was only trump, like because of trump and then now that now that's Biden, we can just move on like right nothing. and
0: that's the thing it's like it's not don't look away just because you think the president in office is a decent human being or not even a decent human being but it's not trump you know yeah. don't don't look away because that is how these things keep happening um and I, I'm under my understanding that there's they're not doing the child separations anymore, but there's still kids in cages. Why are they in cages? You know, like why is that still how we're pressing immigrants? A lot of people too. It's it's not illegal to seek asylum um that's another like whole different topic that people don't understand it's there's nothing illegal
2: yeah you Um,
1: can't i think what people don't understand is you can't actually apply for asylum overseas and then come you actually have to come first and so therefore you obviously have to go through a very harrowing Mm -hmm. experience even get there um
0: just to survive the arrival to the united states right is something most people would not even
1: contemplate i had a choice
0: yeah right right so
1: uh, yeah. it's a lot <laughs> yeah it's true it's a lot but I mean also you know just having said that it's it's not that every single undocumented I wanted to sound like every single undocumented person comes through the border that way that's not no, true I, mean. I didn't there's lots of us I didn't okay. I didn't
0: yeah I came here
1: to a bus. oh okay do you remember yeah, that I didn't. Journey?
0: Yeah, yeah, and I, I came here legally, so it's not that you know I just overstayed my tourist visa. Right. Um, so I was very for- and actually that actually helped me when applying for my green card because if you if you come here illegally, even if you're a nine year old person who has no say in the matter, um, if you I know I know people who who got married to a US citizen, but they came here legally, even as a child, right? And you, again, you have no say in the matter. You just are along for the ride. Um, when you apply for a green card, you have to go back to Mexico and await your, mm. uh, like, the results there. And that I, I knew someone, for example, back in the day who has kids. So she was like, I can't go back to Mexico. And then my how's my husband going to deal? So she couldn't even apply for a green card because it was country illegally as a kid which I, again, I'm like, if you're a kid, I think that should be completely overlooked because it's like you had no say in the matter. I don't think it's right either way, but if we're going to like, can we at least have a little bit of uh, leeway for people who didn't choose this? Um, and so the uh, because I came here legally, I was able to stay in this country while I awaited my results, really? you know? Yeah, so had I come here oh. illegally had I crossed the border that illegally.
1: doesn't make um, sense that really makes yeah. sense that if you yeah oh. yeah
0: seeing that that's another obstacle and that's another reason why people don't even people who can't apply for residency will not apply because of that stipulation
1: yeah I mean imagine if you came as a baby and then you have to leave to go where like go back to a home you've never the... lived in exactly it's exactly ridiculous. It, yeah.
0: Exactly. So it's it's does not make sense. It's it's not. It's outdated. It's whole thing needs to be. Yeah. But um, yeah. So I I again like that's another reason why you know people say why don't you just do the right way and I think well even when I can do it the right way it's not exactly. It's not easy. It's not just. It's not something you just you know snappy person can make happen you know you don't think and that's another thing that always boggled my mind when I was undocumented when I heard people say you know why don't you just do it the right? it's like you think I like being treated like this in what world some people you know I my, my dad would always uh, listen to um uh, conservative uh radio shows and very right-wing uh radio shows that's and stuff like that nice.
1: Yeah. I mean <laughs> um, why why do you think he did that? That would scare me. Because he <laughs> Get the shit
0: out of me. my again, my dad is all about knowledge. So he wanted to mm. know what know how uh, the enemy was <laughs> Right. Like what <laughs> are they what are they saying about us? What how mm. do they think? How do how do he wanted to understand the mentality of people who were against us, correct? So he, he wanted to understand okay. that not understand understand understand's not the right word. Uh, be aware of it, be privy to it, and understand. And so that when prepared, ex- again, yeah. survival, right? So it's like, yeah. if I uh, if nice. I meet you in person, I meet someone with that mentality in person, I know what I'm dealing with, or I have some sort of idea and I won't be like knocked off my feet because of it. And so I used to sometimes listen to it with my dad and I could, it was really hard for me to get through a lot of the times because people would call in and oh man, when people agreed on that subject, called in the amount of terrible things. And it was really, I just remember one time, so I used to be involved in um, activism and stuff like that in college, not like a lot, but just like did a couple things, again, living a double life. So I could only do so much. Um, and uh, I had friends who were doing um, uh, a hunger protest. And I remember listening again with my dad about this. Um, and oh my God, I just remember one of them, someone calling in and saying, you know, that's great. I'm so glad they're doing this. Maybe, you know, they'll, they'll do it for long enough so they can die. And I what? just remember I was like, I was like, I can't listen to it because it's like, these are people I know and love that are that are, that are undocumented or putting themselves through a high, and I just remember seeing like the logical and mental thing that a couple of them were dealing with in, in this protest, you know, this hunger protest. And just to, to hear someone talk about them like that, I... I was like, okay, I understand, understanding the other side, not understanding, being aware of what the other side is saying, but only to an extent, because sometimes it was too hard to to listen to it, you know, it hit too close to home, and that time it did, and I was just like, okay, I'm turning this off, I can't do it, Um, and it's just interesting to me when people say, like, why don't you just, and stay in your country, and blah, 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 and it's like, you know, do you think people wake up one day and say, God, you know what I want to do? I'm really bored with life. I I really (laughs) just want to go to another country, be treated like crap, never see the people I love again, potentially never see them again, maybe die on the way there, potentially die on the way there. You know, do you think anyone in their right mind and and seeks this? Because sometimes the anger is so potent that I feel like we think that we do this for pleasure or that this is... um, like we're just bored with life and we want to really annoy you you know or I don't know I don't know and so I it's uh, it's it's hard to listen to the way people talk about it sometimes and
1: um and I think it is interesting like how does it affect these people that they're so angry like it doesn't affect them at all you know I don't know that hate I don't know undocumented so much they would it's say like, they,
2: like they think that they're taking something away from them and it's the self-centered yes, and it's also that. the people that are like it's not undocumented people right it's illegal aliens they're not even mm-hmm. people oh it's yeah all yeah this verbiage um right that they use to separate themselves mm-hmm.
1: um but do you think there is there is that narrative that undocumented are taking things from because yeah yeah. things
2: are they taking because i mean you can't even
1: even compete against the same jobs because you don't even have a social security so how are you going to
2: you know rational it's
1: not i know it's not rational but i
2: even just want to
1: under well understand like you were saying but yeah Yeah. just even see what is the narrative right now that it is what what are they taking from these people
0: so I know for one one thing right again this is why i'm always telling people you know most undocumented people pay taxes so that's one of the big lies because they think that we don't pay taxes so we are we are not contributing to the economy and and then we get all this free health care all this free health care but no one
1: gets free health
0: (laughs) care right point number one right but but somehow we do we do or even if they don't think um we don't, I don't know. I that's this again, and listening to what other people say, they think we don't pay taxes. So we don't contribute to the economy. And then we take away from the economy. We get welfare. That was the funniest things I've ever How heard. Do you get people welfare? Really, we don't, we
2: can't, <laughs> we impossible. can't, you don't even so, you social. How do
0: you get welfare? Exactly. But so, I came here to not pay taxes, get welfare, get, welfare. get all the free health care. I'm living the American dream.
1: and i'm having a great time even americans
0: don't (laughs) i I I go to the
2: uk for that over here
0: (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly but you know i don't know i just it boggles my mind because i'm like if have you ever talked? and i know that you haven't i can't even it's a rhetorical question but i want to be like have you ever talked to an undocumented person and that's like you're saying the language is so important like i had to even teach friends of mine as i became uh more even before i told people that i was undocumented uh i heard people that i knew were not friends of mine um that i knew were not against undocumented people but they were like oh yeah illegal people illegal, legal i was like no no no, hold on right there we have to talk about the language language is important and 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 i you only know that if you live through your whole life being called an illegal and what that does to your psyche and your mental health you know to be, i was like wait what's illegal about me and alien like to me, I was just talking to someone about it. It's like the fact that, okay, I finally made it. I have a green card. What are you now? Oh, you're arrested, an alien. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? So I went from illegal to an alien. So I can't. When will this stop? You know, the language is so important. Language is used as a weapon, you know, and it, it can dehumanize you. And so I remember even, and I know illegal is so easy to throw around. So I, I had, and I'm so glad. I think social media has helped. Cause back, I feel old saying this, but back in my day when <laughs> social wasn't as, you know, all like Facebook was the only thing, but it was only if you had, co- if you were in college and back in the day, like we, there wasn't a conversation about what it meant to be a dreamer, what it means to be doc, when doc wasn't even a thing. Um, so being in the shadows was so important because there was not, people weren't educated the way they are now. And I'm not saying where it's Mecca now and everyone is, treating undocumented people great no but i'm saying there was so much more ignorance back then about the subject so there was so much more fear and so much more um ambivalence of like is that person that person just said illegals are this but they didn't say anything bad about us but they said that they used the word illegal so you know but it was because they just didn't know that the, 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 you don't call people that because that's the human that's dehumanizing you're de- de- stripping someone of their humanity with your own words which i know it's not something you realize or maybe you even think has an effect on someone but it does and it adds to the larger system of the structure of how undocumented people are treated even if you're okay with undocumented people but you calling them illegals right away we go oh no okay staying away from that person you know so it's it's so intricate and I'm so I know social media there's a lot of (laughs) downsides to it but the one thing I can attest to is in sort of um being able to bring awareness to this situation and the issue and whether it's the language for it and what are people going through because of this, you know? And again, I, I've thought about this book, which I'm so glad I did. I think it was through social media. Um, and again, it depends on you follow and how your information, that's how your information is filtered, but still. Um, and uh, yeah, language is important, <laughs> incredibly important, so
1: really true wow well thank you so much I really thank
0: appreciate you talking to us for so oh, long
1: oh my god thank you oh what did you think of the um episode? episodes episodes <laughs> plural plural episodes uh I mean it was it's always
0: weird to see yourself so that it's weird of course but uh aside from that um yeah I I think we had a we covered a lot of ground, which I thought was good. I was like, okay, there was just as, as, it was interesting as I was watching it, I was like, oh, but mention this. And then eventually either you guys would ask a question and or I would naturally go into it. And I was like, okay, good, good. That was mentioned, yes. that was covered. <laughs> uh, but uh, in general, I did kind of wanna, um, I did uh, want to correct something that I said, uh specifically about immigrants, uh undocumented immigrants and and taxes, where uh I was talking to my parents about it. And and just growing up, I I I know that they definitely would always get less than they were supposed to for the refund. Um, but I was under the impression that they didn't get anything <laughs> and came to find out that they actually, when my sister was a dependent for them, uh, because she's a US citizen, um, they would get something for her. Um you know as as a stipend to like for because she's a citizen and she's underage um it was still not what they would have gotten had they had a social actual social security number and um now as they're my sister's not no longer a dependent obviously she's way older uh they still get a little bit but it's it's like very little in comparison and and i in my mind i had just spoken to a friend who's undocumented and he said like oh no like i i had to um, pay and I I don't get any money back. So I kind of had that fresh in my mind. So it might not be the case for everyone. I think some people may do get a little bit, but it's still a, it's not as much as you would as much of a refund as you would if, if you, um, have a social security number and you, your taxes contribute to these programs that you can never benefit from. Right. So whether it's welfare, Medicare, Medicaid, all these, uh, programs that are supposed to help you if you are low income which a vast majority of undocumented immigrants are um, but again you you pay into them but you don't get to yeah.
1: yeah so you're looking at people that are paying decades and decades of taxes and they're right. not really getting back anything for their taxes um right. so it's like the opposite of them mooching off the system which is kind of like the myth of the yes. undocumented American the yeah. myth Yes,
0: and I think that's important i I think that was the the larger point I wanted to to make that because people do think that uh, undocumented immigrants don't pay, and I can't say that a hundred percent do because i I don't have i know that I'm sure some don't but um but a vast majority do and i think i I think that's just important to understand for people to to know that it's you know when they say people are coming here to take from them, it's like no, people want to contribute they want to be um it makes them proud. I, I just can speak for my parents, you know. Um, it, it gives you pride to say, "No, I contribute to to this country." Um, so, yeah, you're yeah.
1: deserving, and then they want to make sure that they will be deserving deserving of citizenship, right? If ever the law changes,
0: right? And it shows good moral character. It shows, like you said, decades of paying taxes, and it, it shows that, uh, no, I I I want to. Be an addition. I, I don't want to take away. I want to give. I want to give. So, you know. So I hope. I hope yeah. people, you know, f- are more aware of that. As and I think I said, like I said, social media has helped, and and um, there's more awareness, and and we're not fully there though. You know, but but hopefully we can. Split yeah, we're not
1: fully there because this month actually a judge ruled That's to. True. Right, a judge ruled to overturn um, DACA as yeah. um, they claimed a few states sued and claimed that DACA was against um, the unconstitutional or something, it was yeah. like something like it's- So this is an executive order, yeah. It, because it was what, sorry?
0: Oh, Oh, sorry, because of it being an executive order that it was unconstitutional right. for the president to decide to implement the program, yeah.
1: Yeah, so all these years later, and then that judge actually um, ruled um, in favor of that. So now Biden's coming out and saying that he will, I guess, contest that, or they will, you know, Mm -hmm. but it is a setback in terms of the fact that they could even rule that. um, And it means that it's like constantly under attack. And then the other thing that I guess we should update is that Biden is saying that he's going to look for path to citizenship for DACA recipients in the reconciliation bill, which basically means bullshit. Like that's something that won't pass then because it will have to jump through all these hoops with the parliamentarian, et cetera. But I think the good news of that is that it's kind of like saying, okay, so we know that the public wants some movement like there's a huge the calculation is the Democratic Party thinks that the huge um, a huge amount of their constituents want some movement on this right. idea of like DACA recipients getting a path to citizenship so right. they're sort of signaling like virtue signaling that they might do that even if it's not actually tangibly going to happen the way that they're claiming you right. know so it's like it is good news in that they're aware that there's like public yeah you know what I mean even though it's right. kind of bullshit what they're doing right and, <laughs> and- I think
0: I, I, it's such a like a and I was listening to an activist immigration activist uh, sort of breaking down what uh, this new ruling does for it, it it's still so if you if you are DACA currently and already are in the system, you can still renew. So basically it cuts off people from applying. So if you okay. never applied for the program, you can't, um, you, unfortunately you can't anymore. Um, if your um, application um, was in progress, um, this is the part that I remember being like, if it was in progress, but they didn't get to it, then you still, and it's your first time applying, then you are still excluded. And it's really unfair because again, and I remember the last episode we talked about it, like immigration is very backed up, especially with the virus. That's not people's fault. And they lose out on that money. I don't know what that is now, but they lose out on the money. And so that's incredibly unfair. But you know the way she was talking about it she's like we're we're pushing we're pushing for the Re- reconciliation act we're pushing for for something to come from it because we do have a majority um you know a democratic majority a- in congress so so this is the time this I is the moment we need and again yeah. it's it's like i've I, and i mentioned that in the uh episode that i'm very jaded about it about it so yeah well hand.
1: I'm just very suspicious about it because they put so much power into the parliamentarian's hands which is like ridiculously stupid that's just sort of an excuse for things that they don't want to pass but they right. don't want to right. look like then they don't want to pass it I but know. that's what makes me think it's not going to happen because the parliamentarian right. is just they can fire that parliamentarian at any point so right. it's a bit like a it just sounds like an excuse for them to because they don't really care too much about the this issue you um, know and we've that, been but... it's
0: a carrot that's been dangled in front of the latinx community for decades and like i said it it's it's dangled i am i, I am now a citizen i can um i'm very very Happy to say that. Um, since the last episode I was arrested oh, and then, yeah! Uh, then uh, wow, oh, congratulations. Thank you. Of all dates, on oh, Cinco de Mayo I became a citizen. So okay. um, So did you so, have to take the test? Like uh, I mean, it was um, um, yeah, right. It was it was just like an interview. I like think 10 questions and if you get uh,
1: as soon as you get six right answers they stop because you don't have Were they like? Right I answers. just wonder if there's 10 questions I could answer like what what sort of yeah do you remember any of them
0: yeah you know sometimes it's the wording of it you know so uh some there was one question I mean they're pretty simple if it's about the founding fathers like uh-huh. when <laughs> the, the, it's so simple I mean you just look it up on It's. I have a hundred questions on <gasps> online and then you have to uh, and so do you go off of that. So you have, as long as you memorize the answers of those one hundred questions, you're good to go. And they're a lot very simple, like who's the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. You know. Okay, um, yeah. I know that. <laughs> who's the uh, you know the the um, commander in chief of the military, uh, the president. Oh, I didn't you know,
1: know. that. Like, Ooh, who's yeah, that? I mean, that's the president? the president. Yeah. Oh
0: yeah. my God, that's not good because I um, that very uncomfortable. You. You've memorized <laughs> trust me, you memorized many things in your life. So you can definitely So I can like, definitely do a
1: hundred questions. <laughs> yeah.
0: And they only they only pulled 10, right? And as soon as yeah. you get to the sixth six right answer, then you're like, okay, you're
1: good to go. We're oh, stopping here. Oh my gosh, congratulations. Oh,
0: great. Thank you. Wow. So it was a very um and it was definitely the ceremony was different because of COVID. It was outside with masks and distance and all of that, which you know, expected and i, I felt very safe. Uh but now but see, now I'm a citizen and now I can vote. And so like, yeah. I, what the point I'm trying to make is that that's the carrot that's being dangled in front of us. So people like me, people like my sister, who's been able to vote, uh, who, who are obviously need uh, immigration reform to happen, um, you know, these politicians keep playing that card unfortunately that's where we're gonna go towards but then it's disappointing when nothing comes of it and so
1: yeah because um, it's really hard in a two-party system like we know the republicans are way worse on this and even though biden has not done what he's promised necessarily there have been like one or two things that he has done which is like slightly better like one of the things that he he, there was a hundred day more um moratorium on deportations Okay, so right. it's only 100 days, but still, the, you know, that might have, the, that would have been something. And then mm-hmm. the other thing is he was reversing the, some of the deportations that happened, or they were going to go through all the cases. Mm-hmm. So, of the DACA um, deportations, or, yeah. you know, so, so those are like little things um, that are slightly better still. And at least you don't have this. So, you have one party that's going, here's the carrot, and we're mm-hmm. so great on this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but our hands are tied. Like that's kind of the Democratic Party. And then yeah. you have the Republican Party that's just straight out hostile. Like get out, don't, don't come. come here. Although Kamala Harris has said don't come. But like, yeah, there is. Yeah, so that's like, it, it's a little confusing when Democrats <laughs> go <like> that. Yeah, <laughs> But, you know, you have one party that's extremely hostile to immigration. And then you have one party, like actually a Republican came out last week to actually say that he wanted to um, stop pause all immigration for 10 years,
2: which is,
1: and we're not even talking about illegal immigration. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the process, I'm sorry, just immigration. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and obviously, it's, it's not okay it's not to say that's a realistic thing because obviously 10 years is a very long time and like to pause it's just a ridiculous thing to say but the fact that he can say it is more of indication of where the party's at so that's what you're in between some like two very bad choices right and I don't know the Green Party I mean right it does not realistic to no no it's um, not it's a party system all the way (laughs) yeah it's a two yeah I mean sometimes I do think that we should vote Green Party just to say to the Democratic Party take us seriously you Mm -hmm. know take us Mm -hmm. seriously or we're not going to vote for you because right Right. now they're like you have nowhere to go right you know I'm saying this as if I can vote by the way
2: (laughs) hey I, I get it
0: I've Man, it's, it's a new, it's a new thing for me. So I'm like, Oh yeah, I can, I can't, Oh, I can vote, but be voting for the first time in my adult life. So that's, that's going to be
1: that's so exciting. Tricky.
0: Yeah. Thank you. So, yeah. But again, like I said, yeah, it has to be there. They have that I'm running after that carrot, you know, they have something, you know, they're holding something hostage, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. And yeah, so we'll see what happens, but I know that there is a semblance of hope um, for for you know for the reconciliation act for something to be um, to be done in that in that using that path. but I'm not holding my breath. Um, and we'll see what happens. but and I hope I hope Joe Biden really does something about about the DACA decision because that is in oh man, that's that's such a hard hit
2: yeah such a hard hit yeah
1: yeah and in July too like I maybe because I wasn't following it too much I -hmm. wasn't really expecting that no yeah yeah that was
0: uh, yeah I can't I can't say I was yeah I mean I I I don't know it's so hard it's so hard You're, you're just so used to not getting your you hopes. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm very, I'm, exactly. I'm very lucky that I'm not in that um, in that situation anymore, but it's still,
1: man, it's, it's just, yeah, it hits, it's, it hits hard. <laughs> so. so now that you've watched it again, is there anything that you feel uh, you wanted to add or, you know, just any other things that you were like, oh man, I should have mentioned this. Yeah. I mean, besides the tax stuff,
0: I'm trying to think if there was anything else. I think, like I said, we covered a lot of ground. I think, um, I think I'm I, I, one thing I want to add really is I, I want to encourage people to read the book, uh, the undocumented I mean. Americans. I really, um, actually I just gave it to my sister-in-law, uh, recently, <laughs> uh cause I, uh, I follow Carla, and I was did she baby. watch
1: our episode? I,
0: know, I know, right? I, I doubt it. I'm sure she gets so many uh, requests and things, and she's she's very prolific, and as uh, she should. be. No, I she,
1: meant your your sister in law. Oh, her! I was like Carla. <laughs> God, that Carla. I mean, Carla might be a little. I don't busy. think she's got to watch. Her. I think she's too busy. <laughs> she's fabulous. Too busy, uh, or at least. I'm- <laughs> that uh you should listen to it but (laughs)
0: yeah i know right uh i don't think no i don't think she has yet but i i i so i gave her i I was actually carla had i follow her on instagram and and Mm -hmm. she gave out like a signed copy and i was able to get a signed copy from her Wow, yeah so i had an extra copy so i gave it to my sister-in-law and and i hope uh and i know i i'm gonna ask her how i just this just happened so i know she hasn't finished reading it my sister-in-law and um I just was uh, wondering. I, I just want people to read this. I, I want it. It reads like a novel. If you're not a person who likes to read, I know that like a lot of people are like I don't like to read books, and I completely understand. But this reads. It's such an easy, fantastic read. I think it's it's such a, a beautiful portrait of so many different people's stories and set told in such an authentic way. Um, and, and you're just you're just sucked right into the world. I personally could have read like read it in one sitting because it was so riveting. And I've lived through it and I was still I still learned new things uh, as someone who has lived through this and learned um and, and felt identified with a lot of the stories and learned new things. So I just I that's the main thing. I, I want people to read this book and 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 tell others about it and because I think that is how we spread awareness, you know, and um uh, I'm glad people are are more on board and 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 supporting the cause but um but we also support it with our money right so if, if you're buying this book if you're you're showing that this is showing uh publishing houses that this is the material we want um right. we're interested in and in, in the in the process you're you're enriching your own um uh,
1: knowledge in, in, in this topic. I feel exactly the same way about our interviews with you. <laughs> uh, our, our two-part uh, interview with you. Like I just uh, want everyone to watch it. I feel that um, anyone, I mean, I learned so much from it and I just, you're so open and vulnerable. And um, I think it was just such a lovely honor to have interviewed you or talk you. to you about your experiences. I feel very,
0: very fortunate to have had the opportunity to be given a platform to even talk about it. And I was in watching it. I was like, oh my God, this really, like I, I was, it ended up being a little bit of an interview about me. And it, if I hope that, was that what it was so special about it.
1: In my thank opinion. you.
0: I felt a little like, oh man, this, I talked a lot, but at the same time, I, I hope that <laughs> it was in a way that, um, I wanted to, and I don't, and I, 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 I like, I, I mentioned, I, I was for so many years did not talk about this that now that I feel that I can talk about it without fear, uh, I feel like it's my responsibility uh, to shout it from the rooftops. And if if it helps in any way, if it moves things or changes someone's perspective or adds to their worldview about it or whatever it is. And so um, I was so scared for so long uh I lived in such a place of fear for so long that I part of me I wish I hadn't but you know you you, I can't go back and change it but I can only change my present and so I have to like I have to share it and I'm I'm happy to talk about it with anyone who wants to talk about it um and again mental health as well I I for so many years I was so ashamed of of dealing with these issues and um I'm the older you get, the more you realize that, that the shame is going to slow you down. It's going to, you know, the moment you talk about it, the, um, the weight is a little lighter. And it's funny because you don't feel that way when you're going through it. You feel like it's, it's, uh, it's going to get more difficult if you talk about it, but that's complete opposite. So that's another thing I like to encourage people to talk about their mental health. And and I know it's a process. I know it's, for me, it's been, (laughs) years in the making so i know it's a process but i i hope people can read about it, um, the the book um and and take into account their own mental health because i think it's so important um and do whatever it takes to to make sure that they're okay and that and and and, and mental health is maintenance it's not just like
1: yeah, it's, it's not like a switch a, or a
0: magic pill yeah right right and and, and it's not and that we all need to take mental health into account. I don't think you need to have this, uh, uh, um, a few breakdowns <laughs> to, to, <laughs> to be considered someone that needs to take mental health in, into uh, into their, into account. I think every day it's it's all maintenance, just the way you brush your teeth, the way you go to the gym, the way we eat well, uh, to make sure that our physical health is well, that our hygiene is, is taken care of the same thing needs to be accounted for our mental health our mental hygiene you know so so that's the other thing i'd like to really emphasize yeah
1: yeah so please anybody watching this please share it please like the video please um i don't know what else you can do but like let's get more people watching it and also all the links um there are like a whole ton of links in our link tree that um, are resources that you recommended, Mario. Like, so the suicide hotlines, the domestic abuse hotlines, but also like um, resources for the Latinx community. um, And also places that we're like potentially could donate to, I suppose, if we talked about that. And Um, I want to, um, uh, I might want to add a resource if we have time.
0: Oh oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, add more.
1: Okay, cool. So yeah, there's a whole bunch of resources on that Google doc. Um, so yeah. So hopefully that will be helpful. Thank you so much, Mario. Thank you. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Thanks. The Ignoramus's Guide to Surviving Humanity is available as a podcast on Spotify and Amazon Music.
1: You can also like and subscribe to our videos on YouTube. And if you want to help us grow, then you can become a patron on Patreon.
2: And that's it, right? I think that's That's it. it. Yeah. (laughs)